Today's title of the message is A Passion for God's Supremacy and Compassion for Men's Soul. The key question that we're asking is what should be our motive for world mission? When it comes to the missions, a kind of strange thing that is happening encouraging and yet distracting at the same time. Even the non-Christian world has become passionate about justice issue, compassion issue. So community development, working with the poor, all those things are happening at the same time. So if you talk to your non-Christian friends and, oh, I'm going to Thailand to help the poor to as a part of the mission uh, short-term mission team. Some of them are doctors and nurses, healthcare people. But I, I am not one of the healthcare person. But I'm just going to one of theirs to serve. Oh, that's great. But important thing that we need to remember is the Christian mission, the mission of God that started from God himself by sending his son to his mission field, which is the earth, has a distinctive qualities. And because of distinctive qualities, we can be very clear on this motive. Let's start with the first one. There's an importance of a passion for God's supremacy and glory. Those are two words about pointing to the same thing. Um, what does it mean to be Christian? And the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question number one, as you probably, almost all of you know, what is the chief end of man? A little old language, but basically, what is the main purpose of human beings, men and women? The answer is the chief, the chief, man, chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's where the world has been created for and started. And to deviate that is to, to forget the creator, to not to fear God in that sense, and to bring back is that glory and supremacy of God becomes the central of our, every person's life. That's the kingdom come, thy kingdom come, means that someday the consummation of God's kingdom, it's not completed yet, but then on that day, God's reign of, with his full glory will reign forever. So that should be our passion. That should be our motive. The secondly, there's an importance of compassion for men's soul. There is a, a familiar story that I still remember. I heard as college student, early 80s, and um, it was a Billy Graham crusade story. Billy Graham was preaching one day. Um, Back in the days when I when I was teenager, whenever Billy Graham cru crusade happens on TV, he was 
fiery. So as he's getting older, he still preaches with the word of God in a very succinct, clear way. But that the drive and passion and intensity was incredible when I was a teenager. And then one day, his main theme was the second coming of Jesus. He just preached his heart out. The Bible says Jesus is coming back. Don't think that Jesus is coming way in the future, somewhere in the beyond the blue. He might come tomorrow. He might come tonight. Are you ready to receive Jesus Christ? Without Christ, you will face God's wrath and eternal damnation. Jesus is coming today. And a little 13-year-old girl wrote a letter to dear Mr. Billy Graham. Could you tell God to hold Jesus for one more week? My dad doesn't know Jesus yet. I'm afraid. I'll miss him forever. That is compassion. But it's so easy when it comes to our loved ones. Think about your kids not going to heaven with you. Think about your dear friends facing eternal damnation in hell. By the way, people are not going to hell because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. People are going to hell, including you and me, without Christ because of our own sin, because of our own unrighteousness, God's wrath, wrath will be there. But by grace, God has sent his son to provide propitiation, to put out God's wrath, complete just righteousness of God has a wrath against all non-righteousness. So someone's uh, Drowning, are you going to watch? Any person who would have a compassion, even if they are a stranger, that we will have that. The Christian compassion, in other words, if we de declare that, if we profess that we are followers of Christ, this is an essential thing. But it, it could sound like uh, two motives are two separate uh, motives or sometimes contradicting motives. The people who are gongo and passionate about supremacy of God, yeah, we are to go to every ethnic group, as Wade mentioned, Wade preached, all people group. We should not just go to France and we should not just go to Brazil. We should not just go to East Coast or West Coast of states where the, our goal is not to get more people to Christ, but to reach the people who do not have a chance to hear the name of Jesus. On the other hand, the compassion people will go to homeless shelters, 
compassion people will be concerned about sheepfold, uh, food bank, uh, ESL, refugee ministry. Compassion people will be aching about those friends who are not yet Christians who seems to away from the gospel at all. The important thing that we ought to remember is that if we really are true followers of Christ, these are actually one. We need to think about our motive as both and rather than I'm more compassion person, I'm more God's glory and supremacy person. No, actually, one cannot do the other. We'll talk about that a little more in, in, a, in a minute. And why are we talking about this? The important thing is that we live it out. Um, whatever the reason you have come to be part of Crossway Family, I am thrilled and I'm so thankful for each one of you. I love you dearly. In, 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 in saying so, if I am true to you and if I am going to be genuine pastor who cares about your, your souls and our community, I cannot stop challenging for ac action, including my family. It is not a conceptual thing but it is really our daily living. Do we live missionally as a God-sent people? Do we do church life as a God-sent community rather than the community or people that exist for our little own world? The consumer-oriented church could be just be that. The number will grow but people who truly adore and savor and delight in God's glory? Question mark. The people who really have a compassion for men's, human beings' souls? Question mark. So let's start with this. Do twofold motive and passion for God and passion for people I would like to start with the passion for God. God created the world for his glory, but he is not glorified among all the nations. These are not geographical nations. These are, as Wade Holland mentioned, all people group, every tribe and tongue, ethnic groups. Even in India, there's so many different ethnic groups and with different languages and it's hard for them to reach out to some of the Christians in India. And as you got to know through Bo and Cindy's stories, there's so many different groups, ethnic groups within China. There's a main majority of Han people, but Zhuang happens to be one of the many minority groups. And even with, among the Zhuang, there's so many different dialects that we still, as Wade mentioned, are going where it's comfortable. 
to do God's work. It's easier for to where the many Christians are, where the many missionaries are. But in these unreached people groups, less than 1% are being sent. Psalm 19.1 The heavens declare the glory of God. The nature declares glory of God. But because of fallen hearts, human beings do not. Many human beings do not. That's the problem. Romans 11.36 For from him and through him and to him all things are all things. To him be glory, be glory forever. Amen. Isaiah 48, verse 9 through 11. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you. That I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you. But as a, not as a silver, I have, uh, I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. If I said things like that, you should just walk out and leave, right? This is an egomaniac, sounds like, right? But this is what holy God is really different from us. We could easily project. When I'm self-centered, I don't like it, and people don't like it. Uh, to be honest, when, 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 I'm, when another person is really self-centered, oh, it just drives me up the wall. Why? Because our... Nature is sinful and wicked. But have you ever thought about it? It is an unthinkable thing. We have a limitation. That's why holiness is not just the purity of God, but it's the otherness of God. In other other words, God is transcendent. He's not like us. So when God is God-centered, Pure righteousness is there. And then full cycle of this beautiful thing is actually God is God-centered. His glory is revealed. And when that glory is revealed, we are most satisfied because God's purpose was there. So can you... Can you uh, wrap around this idea? God's glory is for my most treasured joy. God's glory is for my best happiness, in other words. So from eternity to eternity, God will be God-centered. He is committed to God-centeredness. His own glory, displaying his own glory. But there is a problem. Romans 2 verse 24 says, For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Another way of saying 
all the ethnic groups in the world. Is a blaspheming God because of you. Paul is mentioning to the Jews. So everyone is under this. God is God-centered at all times, displaying his glory, but unlike the nature, the heavens, the nations and peoples do not magnify the glory of God. John Piper, in, in this book, he writes, that is the ultimate problem in the world. That is the ultimate outrage. The glory of God is not honored. The holiness of God is not reverenced. The greatness of God is not admired. The power of God is not praised. The truth of God is not sought. The wisdom of God is not esteemed. The beauty of God is not treasured. The goodness of God is not savored. Faithfulness of God is not trusted. The promises of God are not relied upon. The commandments of God are not obeyed. The justice of God is not respected. The wrath of God is not feared. The grace of God is not cherished. And this ought to bring that fiery motivation for us. If we really belong to God, the outrage that Piper mentions should be our outrage. Just imagine that somebody is just not only ridiculing your, your dad and your family name, but bring out all these false accusations and cusses at your dad. Would you be mad? Of course. Who wouldn't? Especially when you happen to, your dad happens to be your number one hero in your life. Yeah. And that should be the motivation for us. That's therefore Psalm 96, verse 3, 4, 7 says this. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared among all gods. Ascribe to the Lord all families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. As I mentioned, the reason why this call is so important is that we as God's people need to see the need for magnifying God's glory and treasuring God's glory, not just among us, but all the nations in, in God's created world. But the reason why we ought to be feeling such a positive motivation is the blindness of sin and deceitfulness of sin 
is taken away, people will, those people, unbelievers, will also see this call for God's glory is actually our supreme, uh, the reason why it's a supreme motive is their best way of enjoying their life given to them by God. The whole book started with this famous statement which caught so much of a uh, attention from not just from the missionaries but from the pastors when this book was published. John Piper starts the book this way. Missions is not the ultimate, perp ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not mission, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over, and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. To be clear, Piper is not saying we need worship services in every nation. Because Matthew 15 Jesus says, Jesus quotes the Old Testament Isaiah and said, these people worship me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. So there might be songs and there might be worship services, but their heart is somewhere else. And that's not worship. And that's hence the reason why We need to clarify the worship, the meaning of worship first. But do you see the logic here? There's something changed. The, the passion for glory of God. Then why doesn't Piper says missions is not the ultimate goal of the church? Glory of God is. Why does he substitute the glory of God with Worship. I think it's brilliant for him to do that. And it's theologically so sound. Why? The glory of God, it, glory of God and experience of God is not all the nations, not because of failure of God to display God's glory, but because, but because of man's failure To savor and to worship God. To see and magnify, praise the glory of God. Hence, the failure is lack of worship, absence of worship. So it is not only brilliant, but theologically so sound statement. Missions exist 
because worship doesn't. There are three aspects of worship very clearly. Head and heart and our body. Matthew 15 already clarified our heart, affection. These people worship me with their lips, but their heart is far away. We are to have true, genuine affection, love for the Lord, adoration for God, worth of God, heart-wise. Head, John 4, you are to serve, I mean, worship God in spirit and truth. What's the truth? The word of God. The affections and our heart not guided by the truth, God's word, God's revelation, is self-worship. It's, it's those, uh, one of those um, new age worship, self-help. What I feel and whatever is tangibly good. And in that way, even if the name of Jesus is mentioned, that's not biblical name. Caricatures of Jesus. Men-made Jesus. So heart, head, truth, worship, guided, our heart and affection are guided by the truth, the word of God, and the body. Romans 12, I urge you therefore, brothers, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. To present our bodies as a sacrifice, living sacrifice. In other words, obedience. We have affection. You come to worship service. Lord, I focus on you. I love the way that some of our people worship. And especially, I get so blessed whenever I see, I see Malu just going at it. Do you see that? So it's just affection is just all over her, her thing. But at the same time, we need to see the people who are just moved by the preaching of the word and God's word becomes their supreme authority. And then we need to see people walking out the door, I will do this because the word of God says so. That's my worship, Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday. By the grace of God, our church gathers every Sunday. I hope that those threefold true expressions of worship, not just the worship services, ritualistically will happen. We're all guilty of that, starting with me. Sometimes I think about what I'm going to preach. Sometimes I'm going to th I think about what my sons are doing right next to me. Their lips are not moving. Why aren't you singing? You know. <laughs> we are to do our part. Second motive is compassion. Compassion for all people are essential to Christ followers. But the greatest needs of unbelievers is not just their temporal needs, but their eternal destiny without Christ. This is also a key motive for missions. Mark 6, 34, Jesus said, the Jesus' uh, ministry, public ministry. Verse 34 says, When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. 
and he began to teach them many things. Luke 15, 20, the parable of prodigal son. In verse 20, he, and he arose, the father, and came to, I'm sorry, the, the prodigal son, came to his father, but while he, were, he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and then kissed him. John 3.16 The gospel of the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For gospel have the compassion the aching heart that moves him to action. So if you are a Christian, in true sense, you are a Christ follower. To love everybody, not just your own little family and your loved ones and the people who like you is an essential thing. It's not an optional thing, right? And to cultivate that compassion for others beyond our loved ones will be essential to relieve their pain and suffering and injustice for the people who cannot speak and spend, stand up for themselves, for the needy, like the people in sheepfold and refugees and to poor and the homeless. But our compassion ought to be just not the temporal needs and relieving the temporal sufferings but their eternal destiny under the wrath of God with Christ. And this is something that Crossway will continually commit to because the word of God is same yesterday and today and, and tomorrow. The supreme authority of God, regardless of men's opinions, it is not really not popular to say Without Jesus, there is no good news of Christ. There is no salvation under God, under heaven, that God has not given any other name but Jesus. I get, I get emotional whenever I think about this. And you guys heard about my grandma's story oftentimes. One person who impacted my faith more than anything. When I was a teenager, when I was about eighth, ninth grade, and I got into so much, so many fights, and I could have been really gone the other way. The one thing that kept me from the back, from drifting away, was my grandma's faith. Her faith was real. Or help the, she helped the poor and she evangelized on the streets. And she was respected by all my relatives and my neighbors. 
And she would talk about her mom, our great-grandma, basically. And she happens to be one of the first Christians in Korea. Missionaries came out. Many of them died. But young men from America and England, because they went out, because the compassion they had, my great-grandma became a Christian, follower of Christ. And I get to receive that mercy and grace and the goodness, goodness of Christ. To think that drunk people, God will send them anyway if they're elected by God and chosen. Well, God's going to send some people anyway and that will be so heartless thing. So I weep over the fact that boys and they are still going through suffering because they miss them. Not because personally only. Because without Christ, drunk people are hopeless. The missionaries are moving out of their town. And Cindy was the only one who was able to go into the villages. The true Christ compassion will motivate us not, a, not just to warn them about hell, which is God's wrath, but also attract them to delight in heaven, delight in God's glory. So because of these two motives, passion for God and passion, compassion for people, are not opposites, but they're closely related as one. Two sides of the same coin. So listen to these two verses come converging together. Psalm 67, verse 3 to 4 is actually our theme verse entire month. Let the peoples, plural, praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide them the nations upon earth. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, Paul the Apostle says, For Christ's love compels us, this is the NIV, because you are, we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. What Christ desired is what she would look for. It is the same compassion that Christ had for those people who are not. In the reach of God's gospel. I want to conclude. Um, with this quote. This whole chapter, and I guess one person, one theologian, preacher in 18th, 18th century, not only John Piper, but many others in today's uh, preachers and theologians are impacted by, by this 18th century preacher and theologian philosopher by the name of Jonathan Edwards. 
According to Piper, this is single most important paragraph that he has ever read in all the things that Jonathan Edwards wrote. Edwards writes, So God glorifies himself toward the creatures in two ways. One, by appearing to, to, their, under, to their understanding. Two, in communicating himself to, the hearts, to their hearts in their rejoicing and delighting in and enjoying the manifestation which he makes of himself. And here comes the single most important sentence that Piper read, according to his estimation. God is glorified not only by his glories being seen, but by its being rejoiced in. When those that see it delight in it, God is more glorified than if they only see it. His glory is then received by the whole soul, both by the understanding and by the heart. God, had ma God made the world that he might communicate and the creature receive his glory and that it might be received both by the mind and heart. He that testifies his idea of God's glory doesn't glorify God so much as he that testifies also his approbation of it and his delight in it. In other words, let's see this worship is so essential for every human being because to just merely seeing and recognizing God's glory is not a full list of glorifying God. God is more glorified when I, we not only see it, but enjoy it and treasure it. It becomes a just delight for eternity. And that is a sense of worship together and that God, glory, God is glorified that. The God's glory and compassion is together. I'm trying to come, to come down to where the rubber meets the road. Piper has a five statements from Jonathan Edwards. In conclusion, I have only three. I thought it was simpler. Uh, it, these are my words, not Jonathan Edwards or John Piper's words. How do we apply? Number one, as missional people and church, we are to cultivate both motives for missions. A passion for God's supremacy in all peoples, not merely more people, and compassion for man's soul, not just temporal needs, physical needs. Number two, we are to declare God's glory in all nations, not just by warning them about God's wrath, but also attract them compassionately to, compassionately to the pleasures of knowing Christ. And number three, 
lest you think that those statements are for people who are serious Christians and people who are leaders of our elder, elders and leaders of our church and pastors and missionaries. Number three is really where the rubber meets the road. We are to be passionate goers and passionate senders for the supremacy of God among all peoples, not just more people, for their eternal joy in Christ, not just temporal relief of their pains. Because of Piper's, another Piper's quote I got, this is where rubber meets the road. This, this became, as much as missions exist, not because worship doesn't, this became so uh, attention-getting quote. Piper says, there are only three kinds of Christians when it comes to, the, comes to world missions. Zealous goers, zealous senders, and disobedient. Our purpose for Missions Month is every disobedient, half-hearted people will go into two, two kinds of Christians. And I will qualify this with, it, um, with, with one thing. In the frontier mission, the unreached people group going to a remote area of the world, yes, there is a distinction between passionate goers, and then we could be passionate senders by supporting financially, by praying for them, by just coming around, encouraging them. But I come to conclusion because although I am confident and convinced as of today, I'm not a goer. I'm a sender. I want to be passionate, as passionate as I can. But which, which doesn't mean I, I don't ever have to go. No, you, you can never be passionate sender unless you're going. But that going is temporary. I look forward to going to Yucatan, Mexico for maybe 10 days this coming Winter, right after Christmas, before, I don't know, around that time, when the kids are out. I'm willing to take, I, well, I guess Einstein doesn't have much choice. He's going to go with me. <laughs> but I'm going to challenge you guys. Who's going to go? To be a, to be a compassionate, uh, to be a zealous and passionate senders. The goers are Charles and Mary Lee. And then we're going to send our kids, our youth, during the summer next week, God willing. We don't know what's going to happen with the facility issues, but still, regardless, how do I become passionate sender? By going, checking it out. This coming summer, oh, it's just great. Of all people, Jeannie, who used to be scared about going anywhere, she said, she said I never went to third country. Actually, I've never been to out of U.S. But to, for me to go in that remote area is scary. She went last year, and she came as a transformed person. And then she's the one who sent an email to me 
What does it take for us to go this year? And she is, along with Christian, rallying a team. And I think they're committed to go. I, wanna, I, want, I want us to be a rallying around them as a compassionate sender. Maybe for you to be really be compassionate sender, you should participate in that. I know Jimmy and Tuang. Uh, let me qualify that. Jimmy is healthcare person. Tuang has nothing to do with the... He's not in the healthcare in industry. He went. Just be a servant. And to, Tuang came back as a transformed person. And even every single member. So don't think that you have to be a doctor or nurse. Maybe this is a chance. And maybe for those of you who say, oh, my life season with many kids, you could still go about 15 minutes drive to Orange, to Sheffield, maybe 20, 30 minutes to Westminster, setting outside two hours. May the grace of God, who had compassion for us and reached out, open the eyes, our eyes, to see His glory. May He ignite our heart with the passion for the glory of God and compassion for the people's souls. Let's pray. Father, I give you thanks uh, for your word, the clarity of your guidance, and the powerful uh, potency that your word has uh, for ours, our hearts. We pray that you will change us to be more passionate senders and goers. May all those signs of obedience, disobedience, Father, you would convict us to come out of that comfort zone. To care for, for needy, as Jesus said to us, as you have done to one of these little ones you have done to me. And to the Father, uh, as the Father who had compassion for the lost son and the sinner who ran after him and hugged him and smothered him with kisses, may you rekindle our hearts with compassion for the people who do not have a chance to hear the name of Jesus. May you use us for your purpose and glory. Not only this year with facility issues, but the coming years for the kingdom of God.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.